You're listening to Paint the Town Podcast with your hosts. LA Street Art Gallery resident artist, teacher, and founder of LA Street Art Gallery, James Shen of Thank you for tuning in to the Paint the Town Podcast. I'm James. I'm Teacher. And we're here today with a very, very special guest. Actually, two special guests, but we only have three microphones right now. So uh, we're in the studio of Colette Miller. You guys know her art, her Global Wings project. So we're really excited to just have her today. Dude, I yeah. love the studio. This is I know. Awesome. It's, it's amazing to be in here because I know that's so much. You got a little space envy right now. I wish I could have a... A spot like this at the house. Great mountain right up behind me too that I walk up, and it's really steep, and you can see all of LA in a 360. Perfect. Like Dodger, the Hollywood sign, um, Dodger Stadium. I mean downtown. Chinatown's right there too, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, it's like a meditation mountain up there. Well, you got a nice view from here too, though. That's nice. And then you get to get exercise with even a better view. That's awesome. Exactly. So okay, let's let's kind of take a step back and. Uh, Colette, this is our sec- our actually first real episode with the guest because the last episode we basically just did before uh, Teacher's second solo show. And um, so we're real excited to just talk to you. One of the reasons we thought you'd be a great first guest is that literally everyone knows your art. I mean, you know, I, I had a meeting with a guy from South Africa with, with lunch, you know, and then I told him that, yeah, I'm having this uh, uh, interview with... Uh, you know, with some wings, and immediately he's like, "I think I've seen that before," and he knows nothing. Ab- I mean, he he doesn't know anything about the street art. Oh, cool! Uh, so, um, that's good. I've got lots of questions. Yeah, I got lots of <laughs> questions right. too. I actually wrote some notes too. Oh, really? <laughs> you know, I was up, <laughs> I was up basically, because uh, because you know, I realized I was guilty of that too. You know, I I I I've met Colette before. Yeah. Um, I you know I see her art uh, all over the place in not just on social media i mean we're here in los angeles and uh it's definitely even at your show teach i mean right outside the show yeah there's people come by there every day i'm told the lady that runs the the shop there every day busloads of people come there which shop is it which this is right on melrose right across from the the, yes yes right across from the fairfax high school Mm -hmm. People Those get tagged a lot. I always, I have to go back there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's like territory. Absolutely, no, you're, you're, you're that's, right. That's a hot spot right yeah. there. I that's mean, the hottest spot in LA, basically. Yeah. In the last episode, um, we were just talking about. Uh, Teach was just mentioning a story. How um, you you want to kind of just go into that a little bit? Just uh, which story? The, was the story this? about how uh, you know uh, some some other crews thought you were. Oh uh, goodness, yeah, it was at the <laughs> exact same spot. As a matter of fact, it was. Basically, I had done a stencil piece of JFK up high, mm-hmm. and it was above some really nice uh, pieces by one of the best crews in town. Mm-hmm. And they got really upset by that, and they were going to come down and buff it. Right. But uh, luckily, um, Eddie uh, Gorilla One was nice enough to kind of step in and say, hey, you know, um, I asked him to do that. And um, luckily, it didn't accelerate, accelerate because... Right. This stuff like that accelerates so easily and so quickly. Mm-hmm. But um, it's just such a, it's, like you say, it's very territorial, very hot spot. And I can't imagine how many times. Uh, when was the first time that you put the wings down there? Uh, I think it was 2015. And it was actually requested by um, Sporty LA, he, he, who runs Fame Yard. And he commissioned me, and I know that most of those spots aren't technically commissioned. They're, you know, allowed or, but I did, um, he did build that wall out for me. So it was technically yes. my wall, you know, right. and, and then other people's, you know, during the night here and there um, tried to own it a bit, but I always <laughs> kind of fought it for it back. <laughs> that's what you have to do. That's yeah. that's just part of the of the of the game, you know. When you have a spot like that, yeah, it's like really, I'm trying to do a nice message, <laughs> right? And you got to hate on me, like right. there enough other stuff. But I'm sure, you know, you've probably had uh, the same thing. Yeah, so, yeah. So I kind of want to just go into. I mean, let's just start from 
I guess we're originally from Richmond, you, you know, mm-hmm. you want to just kind of talk about how, you, how what your journey was uh, sure. that you got to L.A.? Um, yeah, I mean, I went to co- college in VCU in Richmond, and it's a really, really actually pretty, um, I mean, there's a, there was a lot of energy when we were, uh, when I was going to school there, I was very close to Dave Brocky, who was the lead singer of Guar, and I was oh, in wow. the I was in Guar. Yeah, we're know. gonna get into her music career in a second. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna yeah. do a, a few episodes on her alone, man. <laughs> <the> stories. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we were living in a big, empty kind of warehouse called the Milk Bottle, and um, I was kind of in the punk scene there. And I had another band called Milk with um, a lot of the Richmond musicians. But in Guar, I played, it was in the formative years, and I played um, this character called Amazina, and I did a cereal commercial with a Guar cereal box during the middle of the set, and I killed the Chernobyl cockroach with a big raid can, and I, I, I sang a tiny bit, but that, when I parted ways with Dave Brocky, I, I parted from the band so it I, wasn't going to work with being, you know, so close to people in the band with me for sure. And plus, I think my ultimate vision was a lot different than Guar's ultimate vision. You know, I think I have a different um, uh, vision on this planet. But you know, it's but always nice to get different input. Help. Yeah, the, and uh, I appreciate the them for sure. Definitely. Like, I mean, when yeah. when I when I kind of did my research on you, um, just kind of through YouTube, really, mm-hmm. I just wanted to just uh, do my part and at least you know watch your TED talk mm-hmm. and um, just kind of find out a little bit more about you aside from reading your Wikipedia page. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? And um, I just thought it was so. It wasn't surprising to me really, but it was just a different side. I realized, mm-hmm. and you know, kind of like a younger version of yeah. you. Yeah. And uh, you know, you know, I grew up um, in the rave scene. Well, you know, I kind of saw some videos of how Guar would throw some parties. That you know, at that time, I don't think there was raves yet, right? There wasn't yeah. really any raves or anything, so it was kind of like a punk metal scene where people would just gather in abandoned warehouses or kind of like uh i don't know if it, it seemed like it was they had a huge different type of sets and stuff like that you know it just seemed like it was a whole production you know it wasn't just music it was kind of like a uh a vibe you, you know you guys wanted to uh, can you tell us a little bit more about that well yeah it was really early on this guy named hunter jackson had these costumes and they put him on death piggy which was brocky's <laughs> punk band at the time and i was with Dave Brocky at the era. So it just kind of was a, um, I mean, during that time in the United States, there was a lot of kind of uh, rebellion against. Um, the Reagan times, right? Yeah, I think so. I think it was about that. I think it's kind of really interesting right now that, uh, I mean, you know, you know, we're, we're going to get into a little politics, right, Teach, in this show, right? Just a little bit. I think it's good, too, and I think it's good to try to come at it from a non-biased, like yeah, non-democratic, yeah. non-Republican or anything like that, yeah. because sick and tired of hearing each side has their own media, yeah. you know, and um, I don't know, it kind of seems like back during the, the Reagan times, um, you didn't, you know, no one had their own media. Yeah, and you know, it's kind of funny. I mean, um, I know there's a lot of protests going on during the Reagan era, but now he's kind of revered as a, you know, father, founding father figure of this country. Not founding, but you know what I mean. Like just, uh, uh, you know, especially by the, the right-wing Republican side, um, you know, they revere him as a president in the past. So to me, it's really interesting how, you know, history just kind of uh, erases that we forget. And uh, those are the people who have actually been through this lifetime um remember things differently than what the history books say a lot of times you know mm-hmm. well it seems like these days you have to do a little bit more in order to get attention people's attention and, and make a difference with what's going on and anytime you criticize one side or the other then they start placing you on the other side so you know one of the things that i like to try to do is look at, at all the different media you know including from other countries mm-hmm. because that's when you find out what people really think about us and how we're coming across to other people. Right. So, um, so going back to um, 
what you said during the Reagan era. I mean, in Guar, just tell mm-hmm. us a little bit more about kind of like, um, I know you mentioned, you, you know, you're in there for a little bit. Maybe you want to yeah. go into the Amaz- Amazonia character. Amazina. Amazina, I'm sorry. Um, well, I, I saw it as a warrior um, punk cartoon, and I always saw it as a vehicle to make fun of capitalism and Western, the decline of Western civilization with like capitalism and, and what society was making us as consumers. You know, we were all just numbers. I saw it all that way, but I was only in it for like a year and a half or two years. And so, you know, cause I guess I didn't, you know, get to um, go the full, Monte with sure. them, and they also definitely veered off into a lot more um, uh, darker stuff. I think, yeah, right? raunchy, yeah. raunchy so what did, town. What did that put you into after you left war? What did you go into next? I went to the Middle East. I, I was really Whoa. devastated after I I got uh, voted out or kicked out via Dave Brocky, my ex boyfriend. Fuck but, that guy. No, no, he, he's he's awesome. He was super talented. And he's not with us anymore. Okay, I take like back what I his said. drawings were phenomenal. Yeah. Can I? Can I? I, I was kind of just um, uh, curious about this one story. I I, I kind of saw during an interview. I mean, um, for those people who are familiar with Gore, I mean, uh, you know, when the first time you met Dave, you said that there was a fire that lit. You, oh, you, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, was this like? Did you mean like in a? Uh, literal way or did you I mean meant literally we were down <laughs> literally yeah. I was downstairs at his mother's house in the basement where his bedroom was and we hugged and I don't know what it was but all of a sudden his shirt lit up with this fire and we were both taken aback yeah spont- I true That's story amazing. You yeah, have no idea what story. happened still to this and day. And we were both just like, whoa, what was that? Like, like, and then... Um, oh, uh, that'll cause no. you to make some stupid decisions for a long <laughs> <Yeah>. time. <laughs> it would me. I'm sorry. Yeah. I should say that would make me... <laughs> like, no, 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 no. It's worth it. It's worth it because yeah. then by that time we made fire. You know what I mean? Like, we should no, no, be I think together. I think it's yeah. kind of just like, wow, this is very passionate, right? And, and you know what's weird? Because this is right before I got kicked out because i had gone up to cbgb's to get them a show and we hadn't been out of richmond yet and i had this old tape and i met the leader guy of cbgb's what his name is i forget but he owned it and i sat down with him and he he shoved in the vhs and he (laughs) sees the footage from the early war days and he's like oh yeah yeah this is interesting i'll give you guys a, a shot you know like at cbgb's and all of a sudden, the trash can started a fire. And that was just a side coincidence. But we looked over, and maybe someone had thrown a cigarette or something in there. But the well, I'm getting tra- chills, so there's know? something yeah. about it. Okay? But it was a little weird. But then I came back to Richmond, and I run into the people at uh, the pyramid, this old bar, and Brocky was all mad at me. And he's like, I'm going to get you know, I'm gonna get you out. I'm going <coughs> to kick you out. And, so you know what I, I'm in a, I jam in a band too I mean um just casually with guys and I'm not even like not even committed and there's always drama <laughs> yeah. Yeah. okay right. so wait then the Middle East the Middle East you went to the Middle East yeah I mean so after I finished school I had I was still hanging around Richmond for a while but I was really heartbroken and devastated because I'd lost not only my tribe but you know my friends and all this and my boyfriend so it was a hard time, but I finally got up, and I think I had $500 and a one-way ticket, and I met a friend in Europe, and we basically hitchhiked and took trains to Greece and then the Middle East, and I ended up in um, Egypt, and, uh, I, you know, um, wow. and I worked in Greece. I picked oranges. I picked How long were you olives, there about? Like, like eight months. Okay. Yeah. Eight months or a year, but that's that's 
pretty long. That's yeah. It's not just a little visit. That's no, and, and I worked my way across. That's like 88 or 7, 88. Okay, and this 89 is... 89 or 88. And, you know, obviously this is all before the Global Wings Project, right? Yeah, the I, Global I, Angel Wings Project. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I just wanted to, like, to give people a little bit of background on mm -hmm. you as a person that, you know, like I said, people don't know you, first of all, even though they know your art. I mean, some yeah. people, you know, and to me that bothers me, and we'll get into that in a second, but... Right. I got another question. Yeah. What made you finally decide to leave the Middle East? Um, well, I was broke in Egypt. I was in uh, Cairo. I was staying at a hotel that was like a dollar a night. And some guy had <laughs> malaria in the corner of the room. He had just come from Kenya. And we were like, I'd be visiting the pyramids in the middle of the night. And I mean, some really crazy stuff. But I... My dad and my mom were worried, and they wanted me to come back, but I had a one-way ticket, and they were like, well, can't you work? And, and I'm like, I was in Egypt, and I was like, well, I'll be here seven years. I mean, <laughs> because like the economy is completely different. They make $30 a month there. Oh. So I was like, so I got, um, actually, I got a little bit of help from my back ticket, but I did go one-way ticket with, you know, <laughs> so you were just basically done and ready to come back. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess so. I guess so. I figured I, I had to set foot back in the United States. So where sure. did you come back to? Um, I think it was New York. Okay. Yeah, New York City, and I, I had this gallery on the 13th between A and B called the Stockwell Gallery, and uh. I lived there part of the time, and we had this show called Attack Art, and I put up my Hitler's underpants, which are these <laughs> huge <laughs> underpants hanging on barbed wire, and mm -hmm. they have backward swastikas on them in pink, and I have his sock, and I... Um, <laughs> That'll get some attention. one lost sock with big um, clothespins, and that was a, a symbol of peace and healing to me. It was like, you know, this big, like, laugh at, at this, like iconic evil person in our past that where you could just like you know free yourself from it that was really more the philosophy behind it you know and even though they've been controversial when i've hung them up before you know Good. some people take but uh I'm, I'm curious when when was the first time you did the wings um 2012 and that was um in downtown la i did them surreptitiously with some friends doing lookout like Stevie Casual. They were all looking out for cops and things. And I, Oh, so it was a, a street hit. It wasn't like yeah. a, a, on a commission wall or anything. No, no, it was a street hit. The first few were a, just a complete... Um, and I wasn't even signing them. I mean, I didn't even have social media in 2012 because I wasn't right. yeah. that... No, it was... Yeah. Right. And I didn't have it. And I didn't, you know, I, I didn't even really sign the name at first. I had really started the wings because I'd been a lot of meditative um, states. I had been doing yoga, and I had just been thinking about humanity's true divine self that's in all of us, that we all, even though we're all scarred or screwed up or we make mistakes, like there's that place in all of us that has this kind of golden, like, consciousness and, um, you know, the worst you know, and I just, the wings represented that to me, and I made them human size, because I'd been, like, driving down the 101, and I imagined huge wings up on the wall, and I just thought that, like, God, that's what humanity should see. That's what I want to see. It's a great see. image, yeah. I want to do it, and so I, I, I acted on it, and... You know, one of the things I really liked that you said in, in your TED Talk was that, you know, it represents our inner angel. I just thought that was really beautiful. I like the idea that, I mean, we really, everyone does have that inner angel in them. It's just like she said, some people got damaged, some people... They're scarred, you know. right? And then, I remember you said something like, yeah. everybody can be good for a moment, too, that, uh, like, you know, everybody just kind of has trauma and things that they... Well, I tell you, what was, what was a really, really good idea is doing them uh, life-size. Yeah, thanks. That's, yeah. That was big, because that helps people to stand next to it and become a part of it. Because if right. you'd just done some massive wings, it wouldn't have the same effect. Right. And with no hashtags or anything, because, you know, I know now that the hashtag <laughs> yeah. thing has been the 
trap for people on the street and, and businesses. A lot of corporations have asked me, can you put the hashtag on the wings? And I've always been like, no. that's <laughs> defeating the purpose because this was a response to advertising. This was a response to not being a consumer and being sold something, being, you know, and <clears throat> I'm also, you know, it's a gray area because some of these corporations, which I appreciate very much, do support my project and commission me, and that keeps me. Well, you know what? Actually, I've also seen copies of, of oh, your yeah. wings. I had a friend, uh, actually Ari Sturm, a uh, photographer friend of mine, was going to go cross them out. It was no, awesome. Oh, really? They were, um, I think it was, <laughs> was it Whole Foods? Street artists are passionate I, people. Hey, you know what? <laughs> I, I don't blame him. I would have watched right. out for him. It would have been his lookout. Yeah. Um, I think it was a Whole Foods ad or something yeah. like that, or Air One. I think it was maybe yeah. an Air One. And they had made some wings out of kale. Yeah. And Ari was like, <laughs> no, it's right. We were out one night. And he goes, it's over here. You have to see this, man. And so we made a point of going and finding this. And sure Ari. enough, there it was, life-size, just like Colette Miller's wings. Here's some kale. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know? it's this, the idea's been jacked. But I do have... Global Engine Wings project trademark and also the iFlyLA, but you you know wings the idea big interactive wings has definitely well, been I've inspired a lot of people. Yeah, and you know, the yeah, the main thing is that um, it, you know, there's always similarities between artists and or whatever or you know sometimes corporations try to copy, but at the end of the day, I think that yours always stands out as the she's the og as, man as she's very, the original very, exactly cool. it's something very original and unique you know what i mean because when you try to knock something off it just doesn't look like it's good and one of the things i wanted to say that you guys actually have a uh, teach and colette you guys have something in common that i think is like brilliant in your art um, something that uh, teach always does is he has a thought bubble that kind of goes out it's teach piece mm -hmm. and at the end of the day it's an interactive piece sometimes with the user just like how uh, not the user the art viewer, I guess, you know, the, the walker. The patron, <laughs> the art patron. Yeah, the art patron. <laughs> and then I think that's just, that's kind of uh, uh, revolutionary in a sense because it's crossing that, you know, social, not just the social media boundary, but from the digital world and the analog world as you, you're having a picture with both. And I love mm -hmm. it. Mixed media is what artists like to call it, right? Yeah. But that's media as a human, actually, right? Anytime you allow someone to, to become part of the art, um, that's inspiring, you know? Mm -hmm. You know, one, this, is, this is like a, a piece. Uh, I mean, I guess it's street art. I saw it in Denmark one time um, last year. I saw that Yoko Ono, she had this interactive piece, too, um, where she had these, like, cherry blossoms this is and then uh people would tie uh, notes and then people to these cherry blossom mm. branches and it just looked very beautiful yeah so i think that's always like uh, the artist just uh, wanting to include the audience because viewing is such i mean it's kind of old school you know, yeah. leonardo <laughs> da vinci right. we're, we're viewing his paintings right. right and but i'm saying if you can interact the digital world and that it's just it takes it to the next level for me at least i got uh, another question so mm -hmm. How many different places have you been where you put the wings up? Like how many different countries approximately? Maybe right. near um, 20, I guess. Okay. Wow. wow that's 20 different countries. I think so. I mean, um, uh, that's awesome. Like Taiwan, China, Japan, Okinawa, which is a, um, a Malaysia, Australia, Kenya, Cuba, Mexico. Um, Europe, that France, Germany, Italy, England. Wow. I love Starting it. Starting to sound like that Johnny Cash song where he just <laughs> yeah. names off just about everywhere. <laughs> I think I'm doing Dubai. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So, so many people pose in front of your wings. I think mm -hmm. which one, aside from the cop, no. I think, you know, the cop in front of the wings is yeah. just a great <laughs> contrast photo, you know. Yeah. And what, what city was that in? Um, I think you the soldier was in Juarez. I'm sorry. Was, oh, okay. It's the soldier. Oh, yeah, man. yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It, so, so, <laughs> and know. that one was viral by mainstream media. It was like photo of the day and the week in like BBC, CNN, um, Telegraph, DeWalt, like Arab News. Like, you know, that was one of the photos of. So that was um, and the photographer. I wish I had his name on hand. Riviera, I think. 
But that was Juarez, Mexico, after the drug cartels I went down there and was sponsored to do some Ooh. wings to help heal the city. What kind of, yeah. do you have like a chaperone or some security detail with uh, you? I had a host when I went there, but I was so scared the first nights I stayed in the apartment alone that had barbed wire around it, and I felt e like the Hunger Games girl, like <laughs> <Cat -ness. laughs> survival mode. Man. Really, I was oh. like, I'm gonna be killed any moment. Man, you that's, so did it feel, I mean, you know, I've been to Mexico quite a few times. I mean, I've been to, you know, resort Mexico. I've been to uh, a few bad areas of Mexico because just different factories and things like that. But I mean, um, how's Juarez? Because so, yeah, I'm just yeah, saying, just so like people that. know, like, mm -hmm. okay, Colette Miller is, um, I don't know, what, how tall are you? 5'4". Okay, 5'4". Um, she's a sweet, lovely looking lady. Okay. Yeah, Going down to <laughs> like, oh my God. One of the most dangerous places. So how, yeah. how is it? Just for people who are listening in, I mean, I'm curious about how Juarez is. Well, now it's all over the curve of when it was the murder capital of the world, I think. And um, it, you know, I felt okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, just traveling a lot like said a lot of places they sound scary mm -hmm. and then when you kind of get there you're like oh yeah well people got to live here too right. <laughs> you know what i mean exactly. like I, you know it's also got to help that she's putting up a beautiful image like, oh yeah I know yeah the artists course. are probably given a lot more leeway than just to, like a tourist sitting out there like taking pictures yeah, yeah, and yeah. and yeah. they're gonna kidnap that that, that person for sure but yeah. i mean at the end of the day you know i've been mm -hmm. to, to a lot of areas in latin america mexico and uh, like I said, I always just remember, I mean, people got to live there too. They live their lives, you know what I mean? Whether it's, you know, in poverty or middle class or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's nice to not think just, I'm glad you told me, you know, it's okay. Yeah. Because it's like, you tend to think of some areas just as the news tells us. Right? Yeah. Like, oh yeah, it's the drug cartels and we think <laughs> it's a war zone. There's bullets flying in the streets and things like that. But uh, uh, at the end of the day, I think... You know, I've been to, you just got back from China, right? Uh -huh. So, I mean, mm -hmm. I'm Chinese, yeah. American. I'm born oh, in Los cool. Angeles. So, I mean, Chinese people, we're a certain way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we keep to ourselves a lot of times, right. especially in, in, in the, our own community. So, I'm so happy to, whenever I bring any of my friends yeah. to China, yeah. um, I just brought one of my friends uh, to Shanghai. I've known him since uh, he was, we were in fourth grade. So, yeah. you know, around eight years old. And you know, he's a little racist, okay, uh, to be 100% yeah. honest. And I'm right. so happy to, uh, to bring him there yeah. because it kind of just opened his eyes. Yeah. I'm guessing he's a, a white American. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, he, well, I, I, you know, we won't get into it because I don't want to. He's, he's going to listen and he's going to be like. <laughs> right. But, no, I mean, no, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> anyways, um, anyways, um, but, uh to me, I just thought it's great because you hear things on the news like, oh, people in 90% of people in China are living in poverty. <laughs> I'm just saying, I've, I've had this stuff told right. to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, they, they copy everything we do, right? right. And then, uh, you know, they don't care. They don't pay their, they're not, they come here, they're buying all the property, all the Chinese, you know? Mm. And the thing is, like, <laughs> it, <laughs> it's bringing me back to, uh, like I said, this country's been through times like this before, too. You know, China Ex Exclusion Act is like, we're the first group of people that, like, the right. U.S. like said, right. all right, you guys can't come in. You know what I mean? So I'm just, you're born in Virginia. You know, you spent well, your time North in Carolina, but North, North yeah. Carolina, or yeah. you're from mm -hmm. that area, and you've lived in L.A. Now going to China, Nanjing. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, Nanjing's one of the oldest cities in China. It I used know. to be the capital of ancient historical dynasties right before it moved to Beijing so right. I mean just tell us a little bit about your first impression uh, I thought it was really peaceful and I felt safe like I could walk around at any time of the day and all their scooters are electric so the air was really good and I went you know to like a few of the temples like the Confucius one and um, and it's just so ancient there's such a different layer of china that goes back 5000 years and and the food and the cuisine and the people Around and the traditions thousand. and then there's like this new layer of modern china and i was like told you're right you're told like it's communist and you're just like is this is communism <laughs> give me Maybe some we're wrong 
Yeah, I mean, because I mean, we're like, I come back to America, it's like pandemonium. <laughs> I mean, in part, not always. Like, no, I mean, it's, it's true. I mean, like, how long were you there? How long were you in just China? Just like um, eight days. Not that long. How, how's, the, how's the public transportation there? I'm curious because um, I haven't been to Nanjing uh, maybe in like 15 years. So, um, so it must have changed a lot. Well, the Olympic Stadium from 2014, and that's um, the new part in Nanjing, and then there's like the old part. But I didn't take a lot of public transport. Okay. I took cabs, but they were subsidized by the government. So I went across town which was amazing, like a half-hour trip, and it was only $5. Were the cab drivers nice to you? Oh, wow. Yeah, but okay. they, they don't speak a lot of English, so I would just have like it written out, or I'd show them like, my little hotel card. and. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you know Th- they know the drill. It's not like yeah. there's any <laughs> right. digit or any character that is closely related to the alphabet. <laughs> at yeah, all. N- nothing at all. Nothing no, at all. You know, yeah, not exactly. Like in Spain or Italy, you can like. Well, I don't know what that means, yeah, but yeah, I can yeah. kind of tell what that may yeah, sound yeah, like. Yeah, you know, it, but you know, it's not like you can just nothing. read a banyo or something like no, that, right? No. <laughs> you know, except no. that Chinese is from pictographs, and yep. I found out that like I did know how to write like exit or man because they look like. A little man, like if the human yeah, sign yeah. is like a T with legs. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, that's yeah. a human, and yeah. it makes sense. It looks like it was derived from a human standing out like this. Yeah, if you so look at, so you can pick it up. I, I mean, not pick it up. Sweetie, <laughs> I I'm, picked it up, <laughs> sweetie. I'm 49 years old. That left right. a long time ago. You know right. what I mean? Like being able to pick up Chinese, yeah, right. a Chinese no. book. I could probably pick that up, but I set right. it right back down. So let me right. ask you guys. I mean, just. Just as non-Chinese people, you know, I'm Chinese-American again. Yeah. So, like, uh, you know, growing up, uh, you know, definitely, you know, you face a lot of discrimination and things like that. But the thing is, like, what is uh, your view on the current state of, like, just China? Because I hear from a lot of business people, oh, no, they're taking over all our market. And other, some people, it's like, wow, I'm, I'm pushing my kids to learn Chinese because it's going to be important. There's such a contrast right. of, of views, you, you, you know what I mean? So I'm just curious, your guys, because a lot of people are maybe... I don't know too much about China. <laughs> That's the thing. I'm just curious from a Chinese American point of view. Um, well, the kid, the people I met, their kids are learning English at age two or three. All yeah. the nursery schools teach the kids Chinese English, so they'll be bilingual, which is brilliant. There, there's wish, more Chinese. There's you know, more English speakers in China than there are in America. Doesn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, there's a they probably people. speak it better. That's true. How, how, <laughs> You're like my wife. My wife's from Germany, but she speaks English better than most <laughs> Americans. Yeah, that's true. It's another subject. But uh, um, just so teach, I, I want to ask your opinion, just because maybe you don't know too much about China, but just curious from uh, your point of view, because we never mm-hmm. talked about this before. And uh, no, I, you know, I'll be honest. I really don't know a whole lot about China, uh, but of what I've heard and and how they're one of the big powers out there, and how. Uh, there, uh, the trade going on between us is not About quite fair or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but according to who? Because evidently it was set up this way and somebody thought it was yeah. fair. <laughs> so I don't know, you know. Who, what are they telling us now, right? Yeah, <laughs> it, it really all comes down to who's saying, you know, what it's, who's it fair to. You yeah, know? no, I, I'm always just curious because, like I said, as growing up as a uh-huh. kid, I always felt like an outsider, you, you know. Really? I mean, yeah, no, especially. Here's the thing. I've got a lot of respect for the Chinese, okay? <laughs> they are uh, very disciplined, yeah. very peaceful mm-hmm. um, people, you know, unless you mess with them. <laughs> don't mess right. with them right. it's that simple you, you know, know? It, um and you know as far as them trying to take over the world or anything <laughs> let me, nobody wants to take over the world what a pain in the ass that is <laughs> you oh know the my. thing about china is that i mean they haven't invaded any other countries like that's what I mean. Right. Before. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the, the Japanese. Since, but you know like, what? I wouldn't blame yeah. them if they did. Yeah. That. I yeah. wouldn't blame them if they invaded us now because of how we're acting. <laughs> exactly. You but know. So, I mean, we're locking up children. We're separating families and locking up children in cages at the border, yeah. and we're trying to say, "Oh, you guys are the bad guys." Well, you know what? Yeah. What? It's true. I mean, it's very homogenized. I mean, that's true. Mm. China has this 
um, collective homogeny that can create a kind of um, collective peace and genius in its own way, like the wall they built. Like I, I walked on part of the wall from the Ming Dynasty there, and yeah. I was like, who builds this stuff? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, one thing I just, you know, a lot of people don't know, and it's it's probably, you know, I'm a nerd like this, so I like to research stupid statistics, but actually, um, people don't know that there's actually 56 different ethnic groups in China, right? And, and then um, the thing is, like, mainly it's all Han people. I mean... And yeah. what, they'd probably get really angry if you confuse one with the other, right? Well, yeah, I mean, th yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, you know, it's kind of like, you know, you don't want to confuse like a, a Mexican... Crips and the Bloods, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that or a Mexican and a Salvadorian, for example, you know, you know what I mean? Right. I mean, historic... Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah we, we just, Americans, were stupid. We just, we just called that whole continent Africa, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? We, we, we <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, you know, so, so actually, you know, I want to tell you guys a little, uh, just real quick tidbit about myself. I recently did my Ancestry DNA, right? And, you know, first thing, Ancestry.com, I sent it back. This is how ridiculous it is. Um, they circled uh, Japan. They circled... Uh, all the islands in southeastern Asia, aside from Australia, right? And then they circled China, not India. <laughs> and then they said, here you go, <laughs> right? <laughs> I said, you can't even tell that I, if I'm Chinese or Japanese, you know what I mean? But then I imported that data into um, another one that kind of broke down. It's, it's called WeGene. It broke down specifically oh. uh, what type of Asian. <laughs> we gene. We gene. It's that, yeah, yeah. So they, so you take your data from the ancestry DNA and you import it. And I found out I'm a uh, 1% uh, Japanese. I'm uh, 1% well, of, <laughs> uh, of the Xi people, which is an ethnic minority in China. I'm like 2% Korean. And, uh, you know, um, it's, you know, it's just, it's just fun to kind of find that out too. And uh, because at the end of the day, like I said, you know, China, well, I'm gonna say I'm, I can say we all look alike, you know. We're <laughs> we're, we're all be, Asian, okay? Got to be part Chinese in order to say that, <laughs> okay? But anyways, yeah. Anyways, and then so it's interesting to find out your genetic makeup because you can kind of. Right. I always thought that my family was just you know some peasants four hours west of Beijing. Basically, mm -hmm. we actually still have you know a village there. But anyways, mm -hmm. so going back to it, yeah. it's really interesting to kind of uh, just from your point of view, you saw Nanjing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, how were the people? I mean, they were lovely. I, I, I cried with them. Like, I mean, I they were just like just lovely. I could be open with them, and they gave me a present when I left a beautiful teapot. We're gift giving, or Chinese yeah. people are gift giving. Show it was culture, just actually. nice. Yeah. That's that's good. That's they good. were just sweet. Like, I mean, and and like, yeah, they're really respectful. <coughs> Yeah. So one of the, one of the things that you know a Chinese, um, whenever I go to China, they brought up to me that I thought was really interesting, and I want to get some artist point of view too, because um, this is like uh, it kind of blew my mind actually a little bit, and I've never heard of this ism until uh, these Chinese people spoke to me. They said that you know what the problem with America is, individualism, you know, and I said mm -hmm. it's really interesting because right. they said that you guys have so much freedom that you know, um, everybody wants to be unique, right? But the thing, when you go to mm -hmm. countries like China, they think more in a group mentality, right? Um, or hive mentality, mm -hmm. however you want to, however you want to say it, right? So it's kind of interesting because um, they think of things for kind of like the group, greater good of the group, right? While America, right. we're kind of focused on the individual. So to me, that kind of gives a lot of a room for creativity too when you have in high individualism right so absolutely yeah i had never yeah. heard of individualism <laughs> before you, i mean i've right. heard of it but like as a uh, topic of discussion in this country you, you know that's I mean, that's one of those things it? we take for granted you know mm -hmm. just because we've had that freedom um all of our life really uh the only i mean with my artwork i probably had some restrictions on it self-imposed restrictions just because um when it comes to doing nudes, um, you know, there's uh, certain people look at it as being bad or perverted, um, and then but then other people see it a completely different way. Um, mm. So I kind of stayed away from that for a while um, because actually most Americans were oppressed. You know, we're we're not supposed to focus so much on 
uh, nudity. Um, yeah, definitely. That's so it was actually it's a dirty European uh, thing. <laughs> it's a dirty European <laughs> thing. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm the kidding. The French. <laughs> the French. Yeah, exactly. Right, yeah. But I actually did a series of, of freedom fries of, of nudes. <laughs> actually did a series of paintings and nudes and it was it was uh you know very uh i don't know it's very freeing you know mm -hmm. it kind of opened up a new um palette and a new uh way of looking at things uh that um wasn't so suppressed before art school okay i got yeah. a bachelor's degree of fine arts and my parents mm -hmm. you know floated that for me okay so in my eyes, I, I always wanted to do things that my parents would be proud of. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, my parents don't want to see some nudes because they're very conservative Christians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, and, but luckily, uh, my wife was uh, very um, good at having me do research on other artists and find out that almost every single artist has done nudes and even very perverted nudes, like some of the top yeah. Oh, yeah, for masters, sure. yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so... I, Picasso was a dirty guy. <laughs> 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 and, 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 you know, it depends on who you are, of course, again. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, that's very liberating. That's the word I was looking yeah, for. That's really, you know what? It's, it's, uh -huh. This kind of reminds me of... I released my latest DJ mix, right? And then it has a lot mm -hmm. of, like... Uh, I do house music and uh, trap music and hip-hop and you know i'm also a guitarist too but anyways it reminds me because uh i i, I you know i said my parents my mixes not even though that you know i know they won't listen to them surprisingly my dad was gonna he just so happened to listen to this and my parents are very conservative christians too okay you know and he's like man do you guys have to really use the f word like so much this is some <laughs> rap song that i didn't even write that right. i just mixed in you know what i mean so it's just really completely different time and culture me, um, I, I just only recently got past that, hey, I got to make my parents proud because you realize that, you know, uh -huh. you never can. <laughs> what about you, Colette, as far what? as what, I was just, what we were just talking about and mm. the, the individualisms? and I, I mean, with regards to China and the U.S. or... Yeah, let's go back to that. Sorry about that. We kind of get a little bit off topic there. <laughs> <laughs> China and, and, you know, China, they oh. think more of in a group uh, mentality yeah. and... Um, uh, you know, America, we focus on the individual so much, right. right? Yeah, and there's there's negatives to both, I guess. And yeah, I don't think there's a perfect system. positives yeah. to both. I don't think there's a perfect system at the end of the day. Like, uh, mm -hmm. people always kind of talk about China, they copied and things like that or whatever. But, I mean, Jesus Christ, if we want to say, hey, you know, don't use the compass. Chinese people invented it. Like, come on, guys. Like, yeah. <laughs> did you see any graffiti <laughs> while you were in China? No, they're not where I was. Um, no, there's really the cities are really. Yeah, Nanjing clean. is going to be like a. Yeah. Um, the only place that you, um, well, I've seen it in in Shanghai. Basically, Shanghai, yeah. you know, is a kind of a unique city. It's mm -hmm. like it was uh, during like 18 Civil War a period of time. I mean. Um, China was pretty weak because of the opium mm -hmm. that uh, the Brits were selling into China for the opium war. So there's actually like eight different countries that went and paralyzed China during that time, including the U.S. Actually, uh -huh. um, right? So, um, so yeah, it, it's interesting. Yeah, a lot of Americans don't know this stuff because first right. of all, we just focus on America, right? I right. Mean, but anyways, uh, if you go to Shanghai, there's certain districts yeah. you, that you'll call the French Quarter, basically, right? You'll call uh, you'll see German wow. buildings, you, you know what I mean, in certain areas. You know, Tsingtao is actually a German beer. We'll, I'll get into that in a second. <laughs> but the thing is, like, um, you know, there's all these different countries that kind of mm -hmm. went in and uh, uh, influenced uh, Shanghai to be a Western city. You know, that's why right. that's, now you'll see that's some areas. There's an art district in Shanghai that, you know, they have. It's kind of like uh, the art district here or the Windwood Walls in Miami where, mm -hmm. um, you know, you'll see like murals basically. But yeah. I think street art, though, like yeah. as we know it, yeah. as trying to put a message out there, that's still pretty foreign to a lot of people because, I mean, graffiti is one thing. Right. You know, but like street art, putting a message out yeah. there. I mean, the, the closest message you'll see in China is someone r writing their phone number for their business on the wall. <laughs> Seriously, you'll see like, a, hey, use tires, call this number. Yeah. So um, anyways, so yeah, to answer your question, Tish, maybe you'll see some graffiti and uh, murals in Shanghai, but street art as we know it, like it's not too popular, I don't think, right, Colette? Some of the schools had nice um, murals on the side of the walls I saw that were really nice, you know, really cute murals. I, I like those. They didn't have any problem with kids tagging them up? No, uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, I mean. No, there's not a, there wasn't a tag culture there. 
I'm wondering if that will be uh, changing just because hip hop is actually big in China right now, mm -hmm. which is surprising. I mean, there's like Chinese rappers crossovers. It's big in Korea, right? Hip hop. Yeah. Um, so, you know, graffiti and hip hop kind of go hand right. in hand. Right? right. So I'm just I'm just wondering. Do you know who Jay Cho is? Uh Jay Chow? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's yeah. a singer from Taiwan, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. so, so, okay, let me tell you a little bit of backstory yeah. about me. Um, during my freshman and sophomore year of mm -hmm. high school, um, my family had to actually move to Asia. So uh -huh. um, I lived in Malaysia for a year and a half okay. in Kuala Lumpur. Uh, oh, yeah. I went to international school of Kuala Lumpur there. Yeah. Uh, interesting story about graffiti I'm going to get back They're to They're nice. I, I did did a pair in Malaysia. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. There. I, I saw that. Yeah. <coughs> in Kuala Lumpur, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. And I also stayed in Taiwan for uh, a little bit. But um, uh, so let me go back to the story about uh, graffiti in um, Singapore, Malaysia. So mm -hmm. during that period of time when I went there, it was, I don't know, 1996, 97, um, when I stayed there, there was an American kid in Singapore that decided to graffiti a wall in Singapore. Now, you know, Singapore, they don't fuck around at all. <laughs> oh, know? I don't know, but I'm trusting. <laughs> well, let, 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 okay, let me tell you how Singapore is. Singapore, if you spit on the floor, the policeman will give you a fine. If you chew gum, the policeman will give you... You, can, you cannot buy gum in the entire country. I mean, it is wow. the smallest country in the entire world, you know what I mean? But oh, wow. they're so strict, okay, <clears throat> because uh, what happened is that uh, Singapore is kind of like where all the rich Chinese people of Malaysia kind of formed their own country, and it's kind of become a financial hub center for Asia, like, mm. uh, um, you know, like Hong Kong in a sense. So they have obviously have really strict laws, right? So there's this American kid during that period of time that tagged up the wall, okay? So yeah. guess what his punishment was? Lashings by Kane. Wow. Okay. Oh man, and it was this huge international. I think I remember that. Do you remember this? Yeah, yeah, yeah you remember this, right? Oh, it was absolutely. a huge international uh, deal. How it, old was he? Um, I mean, he was probably my age, but he's probably like sixteen at the uh -huh. time or yeah. something like yeah. that. You know, some stupid punk kid age. <laughs> and then mm -hmm. I, I remember thinking as a kid. First of all, why the hell does this guy want to draw on the wall? <laughs> you know, I mean, what does that right. urge, What was he right? thinking? Yeah, but now, I mean, now I get that. Now I understand that that sure. aspect of it, right? But, um, but I mean, man, I wouldn't fuck around like that in Singapore. Right. That, that's that's like that's like. like Did said, he I, know? Was he aware <laughs> of what the? I mean, he if he went to international school there, um, they they probably made him aware of the laws. But yeah. you know. School laws are just complete. I mean, laws are completely different in other countries, man. I mean, mm -hmm. it's just uh, when I was living in Malaysia, and this was the birth of the internet time, actually, right? Mm -hmm. So everybody's making their GeoCities homepages, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then, um, yeah. you know, I was a miserable kid, teenager, trying to just uh, make some friends. So yeah. me and my buddy, we made a website that had 101 reasons why Malaysia sucks, okay, as a teenager. Right. Okay, oh, and, and guess what? The government contacted the school. <laughs> wow. Okay, and told us to take it down. Wow. This is a GeoCities website with anime. That's, that's the equivalent of the FBI yeah. calling you here yeah. and saying get it down. Okay, so I'm just saying we we as Americans, that that's freedom of speech for you right there, buddy. <laughs> okay, wow. I mean this is yeah. a homepage of a from yeah. uh, in high school. Yeah, and so. I mean, I'm sure they're all looking at everything we do. It's just that it, it's too much yeah, to track it was, here. It was hard to <laughs> access Facebook and, and Instagram. Oh, yeah, over there. yeah. You had to have VPN, right? Yeah, I yeah, did. Yeah. I got VPN. Did you, um, did you, uh, did you use WeChat? Yeah, I did. Right? What's VPN? VPN is basically, okay, so China has not only the Great Wall, right, but they have a thing called the Great Firewall. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's true. So, so this thing called the Great Firewall is that. If you want to access Google in China, sorry. Okay. If you want to access Facebook in China, sorry. If you want to access, so smart. Yeah. <laughs> That's so smart. No, but they have their own called WeChat. Okay. Yeah. Well, WeChat okay. Yeah, is, I've heard of WeChat. Yeah. Yes. WeChat is government, state-owned enterprise. Okay. Mm -hmm. Sponsored. Okay. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, I mean, the government knows exactly everything. what you're saying. Everything. <laughs> yeah. I know friends that break laws all the time in China. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's just yeah. like, it's not like Minority Report where they're going to, because there's just too much yeah. stuff going on. I mean, they have facial trackers in China. Um, they have facial trackers in China that, you know, every single street corner in Shanghai, it's like London. It's all, it's all tracking your face and knowing where you are. So I'm just saying, like, I asked the people, my friends in China, it's like, what do you, how do you feel about this? And they're just like, well, it keeps us safe, which is... Get used to it. 
Yeah. Right. So I mean, Colette, yeah. I'm. Just, uh, what is your point of view? I'm sorry. You oh, know, from, from just just kind of like seeing this. Uh, you know, using WeChat, having that uh, internet blocked. I mean, wh what was your feeling about that? Um, I mean, it's its own like society, and they they have kind of a corral over it. They have a culture over it, and there's just positives and negatives to it. I mean, the kids that I saw going to school at the museum were fortunate their school was you can tell to me their education was going to be you know really solid and they're already learning dual languages to survive globally and um, they're going to be prepared in different ways than like our individualistic society is going to prepare us so i don't know which one is better or worse but yeah. you know i feel safe if i was a if i had a chinese family with children i'd feel safe for them i don't think they're going to get shot up at the high school yeah, crime is really low yeah, in no china crime. yeah there there well yeah there's no crime yeah there's not really any crime i mean, in right. <laughs> I mean Truly. like the, the point is that you know if you do something crazy they'll kill you <laughs> you know what i mean like that's just the bottom line i mean so it's just like it's not really such yeah. a bad thing i to, wasn't there you know. long enough to really know though but like i did feel in general like i could walk down the street with no here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it really is. It, you're not afraid you're going to get raped or anything like that. I mean, no. that that's that's seriously not uh, like an. I mean, I'm sure it or happens mugged. in. I'm sure it happens in everywhere because it's just humans, right? right? But the thing is, like, it's definitely a lot lower. Um, but like, what what are some of the bad things? I guess I want to touch on. You know, I, there's a lot of inconveniences aside from the internet for me. When you know, whenever I go to China, were there any like, or was everything pretty pretty nice for you? Um, no, I. I mean, I was on a travel high, so I didn't, you know, even the, I wanted to go to the more poor areas because I find that that's where the underbelly of the nature of the country is. Like even the United States, I like to go to our, our poor cities and and. That's Any how country. you should judge someone. That's how they treat their, their weakest and their poorest is how uh, they really yeah, are. Like, in Africa, it's you're totally happy. Like you know, they're singing. I mean, not totally happy, but the children sing and dance. I mean, like I yeah. just yeah. When I was in Zimbabwe, I experienced the same thing. It uh, and when I was talking to the people there, yeah, they're like, you know, how is America? It must be great, you know. And I'm like, you know what? <laughs> I, this and this was I mean, right. the first time I was there for about five weeks, and after about what year three was or this? four weeks in Zimbabwe, what year? Yeah. In Harare, this is 2007, the okay. first time, and I was like, you know what? After being here for three weeks, I can honestly tell you that you people are happier. I see yeah. you laughing and, and singing and playing a lot more than the Americans that I'm around. Yeah, we have a different pressure. Well, there's, we have a you know a different. That's yeah. That's what it comes down to. Exactly. We have responsibilities. We got taxes. We got all kinds of things. Responsibilities that we have to follow up on. We have a you know a different. Colette, how did you grow up? Did you have parents? Were they together? Yeah, my parents are together. I had a big family. My mother was a war refugee from Indonesia and Holland. Wow. And she moved here to New York after World War II. And she met my father in Hawaii, who was studying philosophy and Buddhism at University of Hawaii in art. And we nice. lived a lot of places, five kids. We built our own house in Virginia, passive solar. That was hard. That was high school. Like, I mean... Um, big family lots of um you know the craziness that comes from a big family but you know my parents are very well, did you, i guess my one of my points is did you feel like you wanted to make your parents proud or in that kind of I mean, um i yeah i did but i didn't go the the um normal path i didn't that a lot of people do you know so my path was less traveled than most people especially as a female when the way i was traveling or hitchhiking through Absolutely. africa or whatever middle east but so brave Seriously. but I, one thing about china that i did know i got this massage and i noticed the guy was partly blind and then my friend told me that he had they give people who don't see jobs like that like to That's be a masseuse awesome. to give them a job and and then ultimately they become so intuitive because they're not using their eyes. Absolutely. Just, yeah. And so I got one of the best massage. Uh, yeah. They have it at sometimes at the train station. Like it's, it's 
called blind blind massage, basically, right? I would much rather have a, a, a <laughs> massage from a blind person because anytime you lose one of your senses, it heightens, exactly. you know, the others. It was such a great massage, actually helping to give people that place them in positions they could do. Well, I think you I know? think the thing is that in uh, again, uh, you know, I I am not pro-China for a lot of things, but do you respect their culture? I'm American at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, But I think that it's interesting that as you can see the difference in cultures, they're giving people opportunity instead of handouts. You know what I mean? Say, hey, you're blind. We're not going to just give you whatever... They're making coverage. the best use of. Yeah, we're not going to give you just coverage for money. Money, you know, we're going to give you an opportunity to make money too. I think that's that's really interesting. And uh, yeah, the culture is so different in China. Like, uh, you're literally required by law to take care of your parents. Like, wow. Yeah, you your parents Man. can report you to uh, the Communist Party or something like that. You, you know what I mean? And then you'll get in trouble. Basically, this is this is right here. Yeah. So I mean, this is why like we have a tradition of. Uh, parents living with their children and it's funny because uh, in america you know, 18 get the fuck out <laughs> you, know, right? you know a lot of times right mm-hmm. yeah we actually shame people who kind of stay with their parents for a little bit longer but in um in uh i guess in other countries it's almost like a natural progression that you're just staying with your parents and then until you have to take care of them so i, I thought right. kind of interesting you know contrast i guess right you, you know. And that's changing more, yeah. the two in the U.S. because of how the millennials coming out, like they can't even afford. They can't even apartment. get out. That's the difference. Right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, a lot of them are still. Staying. But don't worry, guys. We have Social Security to take care of us when we're old. So yeah, right. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> but um, you know, one of the things I wanted to talk about is uh, the kids that kind of came out to help you whenever you, you did the angel wings, um, or in some of the cities, right? Did, did, mm-hmm. I wanted to kind of relate to you because we did a little community project too. Yeah. Um, we took three street artists, Thefel, Gianni Roan, mm-hmm. Scepterhead, and also a Random Act. I don't know if you remember mm-hmm. her. She used to throw up the flower. Oh, we yeah. did a, a community project where we wanted to bring uh, street art to neighboring counties, right? So, yeah. of course, Orange County is nice and they're going to arrest everyone if you do anything. So we thought, you know what? Inland Empire, it's like a nice, yeah. you know, lower end. And we chose probably in my opinion, one of the worst neighborhoods like Colton to do a mural. And guess what? Kids came out. Yeah. Y- y- and they you helped know? Well, they wanted to. The thing is, like, they were just curious, actually. You know, yeah. they came out. And I thought, you know what? I love it that whenever you have some type of event like this, like kids come out and Random Act, she just talked to the kids kind of just yeah. about her art. And then, uh, um, y- you know, like I said, it's such an uplifting experience when you actually feel like you're connecting with the community there, you know? And then the thing is, I don't know how it is now. I haven't yeah. been back to visit it. If right. It's been tagged up or something like that. But right. I hope that it's still there and it's still nice. And that's one of the things that, you know, I, I think that's something that your art does for the community as well. It helps uplift the community. It's interactive as well too, right? Right, yeah. I mean, I did some refugee camps in um, in Calais, you know, in France. And, nice. and some of those were... Um, you know, meant to specifically enhance the dire situation they were in. But, and yeah, and often like like in Africa or Cuba or something, yeah, the kids will gather out of curiosity and um, they'll, you know, yeah, they get excited. It's a good experience for them. So, I mean, who, who, who besides the soldier, I mean, was, yeah. right? I'm just kidding, who who was the person that maybe like, surprised you that would pose in front you know was there a particular person that stuck out um uh, well uh, megan markle oh, i mean i got oh, i mean wow. like nice that's royalty right there right yeah, yeah but amazing so, so no whenever a celebrity or something like annie lennox or halle berry oh like oh my god and then so rarely and this is <laughs> props to halle berry and annie lennox they both tagged me and amazing no and gerald way. butler amazing yeah so okay there's know. no excuse yeah yeah. There's no excuse to yes. not tag us. Exactly. Right. If they can do yeah. it, anyone can do it. Most people don't. Most most people who take it often, I think they don't know the meaning behind the vision yeah. behind it, and it's just a selfie. But and maybe they've seen the wings peripherally. But if you go down into the vision of the original intent behind Global Angel Wings Project, it's really a you know humanitarian movement. Yeah. Yeah. And, definitely. You know, and and then it also worked just like. I mean, GAC. I mean, you know, like it's like if you want to keep it 
um, superficial, but so so let me ask you. So it's not superficial to me. There's this new breed of human called Instagram model that didn't exist. Right. <laughs> like, you know, that's, a, right. that's a career choice now. Right. And that <laughs> hey, is ima- the truth. Imagine, imagine if one of your apps disappeared on your phone and you were unemployed. Okay. Right. <laughs> exactly. But anyways, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, so so I mean, so this is, I'm just kidding. But um, you know, Instagram models they love to kind of pose in front of your um your art you know yeah. and I, I can guarantee you a lot of them don't know the meaning behind it does that bother you in any way i mean um that you know it is sometimes only viewed as a superficial that's special uh, superficial kind of way it's I mean, okay it's okay because even if it's subconsciously um impermeating um our consciousness that's good and it's okay because if love that it's lending a little bit of um of um joy or beauty or whatever Love. i'm okay yeah yeah exactly Absolutely. you yeah. guys have a you know you guys have different symbols different messages but um at the end of the day it's in the same uh ethos i think you guys are you know it's both uh, positive and i i, mm-hmm. I, I kind of love that you know and most uh, of mine yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know so yeah a lot of uh, it's it's a message at, at the end of the day um you know, I had one question too. You know, you started off as a wheat paste, right? Yeah. The first one. Yeah. So um, wheat who, paste with with embellishment. With embellishment, yeah. yeah. So I mean, um, are you able to let us know who got you into wheat pasting? I mean, because um, it, yeah, kind of like actually, and when? Actually, um, I did the first pair with a guy named Stuart Noble. Who? Oh my gosh! You know? Yeah. Yeah, he died by mm-hmm. a car. He was one of uh, Shepherd Ferry's guys. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He helped me with my first two, but um, uh, Becca, I don't know if you guys oh, know. Yeah, yeah, Becca. yeah. Because yeah. yeah, we went to school together at VCU. Really? Yeah. We'd love to talk to her, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She lives in Texas. But okay. We, oh, we, did, where she went. we did a museum called the um, American Indian Museum, and I had driven over from Virginia with all these Native American um, imagery and animals. I did, like, a horse with the... Um, handprint on it because the Native Americans used to do that. But we did a museum under the Sixth Street Bridge, and then um, yeah. So I guess I started wheat pasting with her in '99. Wow! Actually, wow. and um, then yeah. yeah Becca's yeah. another one that's, that was like when I first got started. She was already around, and yeah, then yeah. just kept going for a while. And then and I hadn't seen her for a while, so I was wondering yeah. where she went. She's she, in Austin with her. Family, but she lives. She she was known for the little girl. Yeah, like, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what's amazing when I see her like uh, uh, pace in like uh, like the LA River or like under yeah. you, you know it's just some random places. You, you, you know what I mean? That is yeah. like one of the things that Teach and I were talking about last time is that you know people tend to oh there's street art over here let's all put it over there let's let's right. all put it in one right. spot. You know what I mean? One of the things that Becca did was always yeah. just kind of like hey uh-huh. I'm gonna kind of put it, um, it in a random spot and if you see it, it's like your little gift for the day. He, yep. You know, I mean, that's yeah. kind of how I, what, I, what I like. And she's gotten a lot of like celebrity traction too. Yeah. Right? And, you know what I mean? So. And hers was mostly um, um, illegal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Unsanctioned. Unsanctioned. That's what we like to yeah, call so it. Yeah, so we right? went to VCU together. So. Oh, so then I met her out here after living in New York, and then I was like, "Oh, hey, you know." So man, it's such a small world, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, of these street artists, and yeah. you know that that's why we really wanted to give you guys this platform, just to have a oh, long form conversation. And I think that a lot yeah. of the fans really just kind of found out a little bit more about you today. Oh, thank you, you. yeah. You know, and I think that. To be honest, I think that we could probably go on for another hour, but uh-huh. I, you know, I really just want to oh. kind of wrap it up right now because you know we'll save some more for later, and uh, um, we'd love to have you on as another time too. If yeah, you, if I you got anything coming up? This. Um, this I have a Google in San Francisco, and um, I wow. have um, Dubai, the top of the Burj Khalifa, the tallest building in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, yeah. amazing. I, I kind of want to give some shout outs real quick. Just, okay, um, you know, we please. had some really good success with the first episode. Um, some really, really interesting people that I kind of just haven't thought about in a long time. Some street artists uh, popped up too. One, uh, 
for example, Mr. Romano. He did the. Uh, oh yeah. Right. You know. Marilyn, I, I, uh, I know Marilyn you're Monroe. listening, man. So give a shout out to you, man. The, the Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. Okay. So thank you for listening to our podcast and sharing. Uh, Plastic Jesus, man. I mean, we appreciate it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, John Park finally liked our LA Shore Gallery Instagram page. Yeah, I saw we, that. <laughs> even though we weren't. Yeah. Them, so I'm kidding, John. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, uh, Carolyn, you know, we want to give a shout out to her. She's always very supportive. She Absolutely. works for NoHo Arts District. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, I saw a random graffiti artist. I never heard of him, but figure, you know what I mean? Um, he, he gave mm-hmm. a shout out on my page. I just, like I said, we love graffiti as well, too. Um, you know, to me, street art is public art, whether it's sanctioned right. or not. I have a book here that I brought you guys, that street craft book. Mm-hmm. It's just not there's nothing in there that is a a, a mural you, you you know what i mean it's all like yarn bombing or you know imprinting on cement right. and things like that oh, and wow you know, dude here at la street art gallery i mean like all this is street art they yarn us. bombed a cannon <laughs> <laughs> the barrel of a cannon it's over. called grandma graffiti man i love it so dude, i mean that's um, awesome. like again i have more shout outs but i'm not gonna bore everyone i'm just letting you guys know that we have uh you know, people from all over paris brooklyn anacrime uh, New Zealand, LA. Yeah. People are all listening, man. So, I mean, this is a great platform and uh, I, I just you. for you guys to kind of just talk. So, I mean, is there anybody you want to kind of just give a shout out to you for your show? Um, Black Sheep Clothing, you know, appreciate them coming out to your uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. show. Black last Sheep time. Clothing, anti-bullying campaigns they're involved with. Uh, I'm looking forward to doing more with them soon. Um, but, uh, you know, any other uh, graffiti artists or street artists that are here in L.A. Uh, that would like to get on here? Uh, and we know you want to say something because you're saying it on the streets. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and we'd like to educate, you know, we'd like to educate as many people as possible with this kind of stuff. So hit us up. Yeah, Colette. I mean, yeah, is there anybody you, you. you want to give a, a shout out to? Well, I mean, we're sitting with Ann. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so from sorry. Sugar yeah, we're, Press. yeah, we're sitting oh, here man. with Ann from Sugar Press. I mean, yeah. she, we're gonna give her a free plug too. I mean, yeah. she she really just she's been an active listener, and we really appreciate that. And uh, Sugar Press, you can get your prints there. Um, lots of street artists. Lots of street artists, yeah. you know, go. So you know, she's the best in this and, and industry the, we have. The, the materials that they use are like high quality, you know, and. Uh, yeah, I was going to say recycle. Environmentally um, friendly. Environmentally friendly. So, um, and the, the quality of work they do is, you know, is yeah. the best. It's great. I mean, Anna, we kind of love to have you on some time too. Just talk about it. <laughs> when we get four <laughs> microphones. Yeah, exactly. I only have three right we now. We had two. We, tar- we started with two. Yeah, yeah. We and started with two. Now we have two. three microphones. Next time we'll have four, and n- now i got to change the interface. Anyways, all right. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you so much. Take care. I love you guys. Bye.